I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet-ass spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. What's up? <laughs> She's all business today, fam. What is up? What is up? up tell us what is up friends this is episode 227 227 <laughs> <laughs> i just realized it got me really excited i'm gonna drop the theme song in here right now um <laughs> shouts to my girl marcia um listen regina king started on 227 so we have to we have to appreciate 227 for bringing regina king into the world if you would like to listen to any of our other 226 episodes, you can just go wherever you get your audio content, your Spotify's, your Apple Podcasts, your Google Plays, your Stitchers, man, wherever. Give us a follow. Wherever. Give us a follow or subscribe. All the episodes are there, and you will get new episodes delivered straight to your device by a man who has never staged an insurrection on a democratically elected government. Your man's... Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. Oh my god, girl, he doesn't want to smash windows, he just wants to smash new episodes of this podcast directly into your device, but nicely, gently, and with your permission. And the patriarchy. <laughs> He's got, all about smashing the patriarchy. Chauncey is very much all about smashing the patriarchy. Friends, I'm sure like Kate and myself, you've been processing a lot this week, if you'd like to share with us what you've been processing, you can always get at us on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives, Facebook technically still exists i'm not going to say that somebody made promises about facebook that i have not seen fulfilled but oh shit i forgot about that <sighs> sorry jacqueline <laughs> i feel really bad i wonder if i should just post it after this episode <laughs> let's do a twofer give him a twofer you don't have to give him like a 15 for at this point because we stopped posting in like april yeah but that's fine i mean they know where to get the episodes and <laughs> if they don't they can contact us. <laughs> you, y'all been knowing. Y'all been knowing where the episodes are. If you want to support this endeavor financially, don't. No, save save your dollars, save save your dimes, because apparently there is a uh, super storm coming in the next two weeks. Especially if you're in Ontario, another super ice storm from like the one from many years ago oh, that Lord, took I out power. I didn't know this. What? Yeah, apparently the scientists are saying. So you know, save your save your pennies for um, an icy day where you can't go out of the house because everything's coated in ice, and if you do, you'll die. <laughs> okay, you know what? Being a pedestrian trying to get to the bus and then find trying to get. Like skating literally on the sidewalk. Okay. This is good. Go go ahead. This is good. And then trying to get to the bus, the bus stop, which is like two to three blocks away. And then finding out that it's so icy that the bus is canceled. Oh, nice. 
and having to then try and you're you're and and you have a very like slow incline to your house so you're you're grasping onto bushes to try and get you back <laughs> up the hill or finding spots with snowy ice so you can try and like make a foothold in the snow so you get can get back up to your house without cracking your skull open that's um it's a reason to stay inside welcome to canada <laughs> additionally not as bad as Caitlin's, but also also a concern when you have uh, busted out the Tims for the first time for the, this season Ooh. and miss your streetcar to the bus stop, and then oh. you're you don't you don't quite have your snow legs yet. Oh, oh. so you're kind of walking all like locked up and stuff, and then you for like three quarters of a kilometer, like kind of at a quick pace, but like like you don't have knees anymore, like you're just kind of like waddling like a fucking penguin, like just. <laughs> Because you don't know, you you don't have faith in the in the traction of your boots yet. Because you have you've only worn them once this year, and you just forgot from the last year. And then you wake up the next day, Caitlin, and you're like, "Why can't I bend my fucking legs? Why do I feel like I just did like burpees for ninety minutes? Like what is happening? I can't stretch this away. I don't know. Oh, you know what it was? It was walking." Three quarters I, of a kilometer with the center, with my center of gravity just pushed into my thighs. Like, and I, I have to say, I probably, so the last time there was a crazy ice storm, really, you could not walk outside for two days. They like the power went out. Um, the city might've been a little bit better because they could salt more readily and there's more like heat in the city. Um, but where I was, it was basically impossible. Um, and and where I am now, it would be impossible because it just doesn't get enough salt. And everything was covered in ice. I'm talking like every stair, every piece of sidewalk, everything. Um, I really wanted to get those things you put on your shoe with the spikes <laughs> for like mountain climbers yes. or old people. Um, and I didn't do it. And I'm kind of regretting it if this actually happens. Listen, we're going to both need it because my legs cannot take this again. Another day. Yeah. I had the day off. The next day, I literally was, like, doing hamstring stretches for, like, an hour <laughs> in my apartment. And they say, and I think people who, who don't know ice say, like, just walk normally. You'll be fine. No, no, you won't. No, fool. No. No, you put pressure on the back of your heel. You slip, like, on a banana peel. And then you crack your head or your back onto the ice. And it is ice is hard and not fun. But you know got, what is fun? You've got gritty snow and and melted sleet all in your pants and the back of your jacket and shit. It's just awful. But not fun. What is fun, Caitlin? Tell me what's fun. Um, Getting a, a coffee from someone. That can be fun. Friends, if you want to buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com geek down pod remains three bucks. Throw a couple. Uh, we don't... We, we don't need you to do this, but I mean, if you're really desperate, like you, you're walking on ice and you're worried about the weight in your pockets <laughs> and you, you want to distribute that. If you have too much excess currency, what do we used to call that? I don't remember what we used to call that. That's like a, it's like a 2018 bit, but if you just suffer from too much money in your pockets, <laughs> it's throwing off your equilibrium and you were worried about cracking your skull on the pavement. Listen, we'll take, we'll take that three bucks off your hands. Yeah. The, the cup is always out. <laughs> Feel free. To clink your change in it as you walk by. <sighs> well, not much happening in the way of news right now. I mean, Oscar Isaac might be playing Moon Knight. That's apparently the next 
least kept secret since Tatiana Maslane got cast for She-Hulk. Um, not much else besides that. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, the attempted overthrow of American democracy. Wow. Right. That, yeah. That happened. That, that happened. Uh, Kate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. What is happening? <laughs> um, uh, the, one of the best memes I saw about this was like, who could have expected this after four years of this slowly happening? <laughs> Them telling us for four years they were going to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there have been many amazing tweets and analyses and takes on this. These are really not any of my own. I'm just kind of spitting back ones that I've heard other places, but like, you know, I had, I had friends, I had friends, you know, who were either like in training that day. Like I was, I, I can't remember if I was off or if I finished early that day and I was just kind of, well, let me see what's going on. Okay. Dipshit made a speech. Okay. Oh, they're getting all riled up. Oh, they're actually, oh, they're, oh, they're inside. Oh, I see. <laughs> this is a thing that is happening. And I mean, mm-hmm. and I cop to this on Twitter because somebody, somebody I follow had tweeted like, you know, don't think I'm forgetting all you people who said, all y'all who said it couldn't be that bad in 2016. And I got a cop to that. And I think I've said this on the show before. Like that was me. Did I think he was abhorrent as a human being? Did I think he was going to be the worst president in history? Yes. Yes, I did. But did I think he could do this much damage? Did I think the party would bend over backwards for him to such a degree? Did I think he would the people around him would make it so easy for him. No, growing up as close as I did to the American border, you know, I did not have a sense of Canadian identity because there was nothing around us that was remotely Canadian. Hmm. We knew we weren't American, but I mean, as far as like the notion of America and what America was supposed to be like, that was still kind of drilled into us, right? Like all the, all the specialness of America. Um, and I think I probably thought that like, well, sure. Greatest democracy in the world. Like, you know, there's no, there's no way he could possibly do this. But when you have a, a bunch of white people that are terrified that they are about to be treated the same way white people have treated people for 400 years. And who also think that like everything belongs to them, which is another facet of whiteness that like, Oh yeah. Like, of course they just walked in. Of course they had no, like how many, how much footage of dipshits did you see? You like, this is our house. We're taking it back. Because it's yours to own. Um, And that's the biggest problem you have right now is because you don't own everything anymore and you feel like you're supposed to. Because that's the narrative of white supremacy and patriarchy that's been drilled into your head for the last, you know, hundred years, if not longer. Everyone's dumb. They're all dumb. Basically. I mean, we don't even need to parse it out that much. We don't need to process it that much. It's just like, yeah, everybody dumb. Um... Just every time I, I was having this conversation with senior correspondent, Chris, <laughs> and he was like, you know, it, all this stuff's really evil and is just so upsetting because it's just so malicious and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, they're just stupid. Have you heard any Trump supporter speak besides like some of the head of like racist groups? The rest of them are just 
dumb. Like completely and utterly dumb. And it's not completely their fault. They have a terrible education system and they've been let to fester in their own dumbness and whiteness and their own bubbles. Um, but it, it just, and I know people are going to disagree with me, but every time one of them, a supporter, opens their mouth to try and explain what's going on, I'm like, oh, they're dumb. Like, oh, y'all, y'all just stupid. Yeah, and the problem is, is this stupidity is causing havoc. And now I understand why they beheaded all those people in France. And I think just for a lot of people, and I'm, I do not have it, and many people don't seem to have it for uh, folks on the other side of the aisle who are just like, well, that was really unfortunate. But we got to turn the page. We got to move on. Nah, motherfucker. Like, no, prosecute every single one of them. This shit was done by within. This was your own people pulling this shit. And because of the system that the framers you love so much designed, their vote worth the same as everyone else's vote. Y'all can't just leave them out because it's a, you know, God help me. 74 million of them voted for dipshit. And you know, that's two thirds of the way to fucking political office for guys like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and the rest of these fucks. Like, and I don't even know, even if, even if you decide you, that this is, this is the hill you're going to die on. This is what you want. You got to appease that base. What the fuck are you going to be president of? If you're just lusting after power for the sake of having it. I mean, it's a, it's a mindset. I don't, obviously we've seen that in the last four years. Cause that's, you know. Biden said it himself, I don't know why he wants to be president so bad. He doesn't seem he doesn't want to do the work. He doesn't even seem like he wants the job. Like he wants the money and he wants the power. That's all. But the whole idea of like, oh, to impeach him now or to remove him from office now, it's like there's only two weeks left, blah blah blah. Yeah. No, he gets a bunch of fucking he gets a golden gift basket when he leaves office that if you impeach him, he does not get. Yeah. I just it's the repeated acting against their own self-interest that is so dominant on the right side of the aisle that I just, I cannot understand. Like you thought this fucking game show host was going to change and you still think this game show host is going to improve your life to some grand degree. Like Chris Hayes on MSNBC, (laughs) the thing he kept throwing out, it's the one thing it's the one policy accomplishment That in four years, Trump could point to the capital gains tax got reduced. It's like, well, more people die uh, every week from COVID than died in 9-11. And this has been going on for six months. And, you know, the country's burning and they stormed the capital. But mm, that capital gains tax, though. Enjoy that, farmers. You really work for you there. You really drain the swamp. But they don't care because. What is the phrase? They're stupid. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I read I read a tweet thread this morning about somebody basically talking like there's been a lot of talk and from smart people. There's a woman I know who I'm friends with um, named Shandel Beers. I'll shout her out. She has um, lived through she abusive marriages and narcissists, and she spoke about this a lot on her Twitter and has basically has pointed out repeatedly the behavioral patterns that Trump personifies. 
right. in that regard. And I saw someone else, I don't remember who it was, basically pointing out that, like, the second they took Trump's Twitter away, which I mean, yes, Friday night we all we all got our jokes off. <laughs> there will be another guy I know, this Irish writer, uh, Dean, Van, Dean Van Nguyen, he posted something about basically, you know, you know, we'll talk about the implications of, you know, tech companies deciding, you know, who gets to say what went. But for now, we got to get these jokes off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we did. But then, you know, as you start to think about it, it's like when you look at this person was basically saying, I'm concerned about the weekend. This guy, that's who it was. They, it, was a, it was a family lawyer that dealt a lot with victims of abuse and stuff like that. When you're in the house with them over the weekend, like he's about to have what they what he called an extinction burst where it's like, oh, the shit's going down. Like right. it's ending and it's ending in a bad way for me. Like everybody was like, oh, what the change of tone when he told people that the, you know, the transfer of power would now be smooth and, you know, a new administration's coming in. It's like, yeah, cause he smeared shit all over the walls. He got what he wanted. Like, yeah. Of course, he's marginally happy, and he thought he'd still be able to tweet, and then they took that away. So it's like, well, now it's the weekend. None of the other houses are in session on the weekend. He's gone. They've all gone home, and he's just kind of chilling, stewing, raging, looking for something to do. Scary times, Kate. It's almost so – it's so scary I can't really, like – like my brain can't comprehend it. We're actively living through the shit. We read about in textbooks in school. And I mean, somebody had to live through that shit. (laughs) I mean, I think it's, I saw a clip on Instagram from a podcast of, and this goes back to the notion that I had as a kid about like what America is. And it's a notion I think a lot of people still have about America. America was not some like, you know, God ordained land of perfection it is just as fucking fragile as every other you know self-governing nation like with any sort of like functioning government elected by the populace like but this is the i mean this is the problem with never taking a look at your own faults as a nation um and i'm glad that people always point out like yeah it's bad in the states but let's not get too comfortable because, you know, A, a lot of the rhetoric's moving up north. As you said, even if you're in Canada, you identify a lot with the United States or the Americas. We like to hold ourselves very apart, but we have a lot of the same roots, right? Um, there are parts of Canada that are America and vice versa now. But way back when, when... You know, we were killing in the Europeans were killing indigenous that it's the same. It comes from the same place. We've just taken two different paths, basically. So when people are like, OK, the U.S. is bad. Let's not get too high and mighty here because we're having issues, fragility issues as well. Right. Like we still need to hold people accountable, which is a big part of of what we need to do now because they have crossed that line. And I think we do need to, to uh, keep on, and it's so exhausting, but we really do need to keep on pointing things out and holding people accountable. So everything from the rhetoric that's being used in Canada that's similar, 
What was it? Make Canada great again. What was it? Take Canada it was some, back. Take Canada back. Um, the indigenous are like, yeah, Mother, okay. Motherfucker from who? Yeah, the, <laughs> the indigenous are like, indigenous are like on board. Let's, Let's do, do it. Let's do this. Um, but yeah, from from whom? The the only people holding Canada hostage are you guys? Are the people who, you know, um, are consistently uh, making division lines? Um, but anyways, that's a whole other conversation, but, but holding people accountable, I think is the only way to move forward, which is what they and we have not been doing. Right. And that's, that's kind of been the, the, the notion, the dialogue, the discourse, that's the word I was looking for, the discourse I was seeing this morning on the Twitters. And I'm really trying hard to minimize my doom scroll and I encourage you all to do the same. If you have any sort of like (laughs) online life, I know a lot of y'all who listen don't and that's cool i tell a lot of my friends who like you know have kids or are like not as online as i am they're like oh i feel so stupid and uninformed i was like Just stay that way go ahead if it pops off i will let you know <laughs> i will raise you know. raise your children correctly that's what you i just do. That, i don't want to get to the i don't want to get to the point where i get executed for hiding neighbors <laughs> right that's the point because i will because okay and i hope i will that's that's my if it comes to that point but i'd really rather not i'd really rather that we stop the racism the sexism this like white is right we need to get over ourselves um and I, I mean, I, I, look, if I, I saw some, I didn't read the whole thing, but I saw some, you know, national post headline that was like, you know, the riot in the Capitol. And listen, thank you to uh, my problems with the media. And they're like, you know, as someone who went to a very not esteemed J school, and but has learned some of that theory in my life. And has observed the media somewhat closely over the course of my lifetime. Um, I understand the golden aspiration for objectivity, but like at a certain point, the language matters. They're not protesters. They're fucking terrorists. Like it wasn't a protest. It wasn't a disturbance. It was a riot. I love it when I was listening to the daily, which is the New York times podcast. And like, I noticed the go-to words that they used to try to like get out of saying like anything that would be too subjective. Remarkable is a big one, you know, like worthy of remarking. Like it's just, it's just, it's just very remarkable. No son, you mean fucked up. Yeah. That's what you mean. Um, but to say that what occurred in Washington this week was not rooted in white supremacy I was like, oh, it's economic concerns and anxiety and blah, blah, blah. Do you think if a black man and a Jewish man had not been elected and flipped the Senate that morning, they would have been that that amped up? Because the siren call, I'm sure, was going to be like, oh, AOC is going to head the judiciary and they're coming to take all your guns. Which, I mean, I hope they do. Take your, <laughs> take your guns. Take them all. They're coming to take your guns. I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah, just, it's, it's literally just, I can't let go of the notion that it's just white folks scared that they are about to be treated the way they have treated people of color for time. (laughs) From ever. 
As said, as said many, as said many times by many beautiful people of color, y'all need to be thankful. Black people want equality and not revenge. Many white yeah. people are convinced that revenge is what they want, and that that's what they need to stand stand guard for. And I don't know how that gets resolved, especially when over a hundred congressmen and at least eight senators after everything happened, went back into session and were like, fucking Ben Sass was talking about like, we need to you know, shovel your neighbor's driveway. What is you <laughs> on about, son? Damn, son. <laughs> get, uh, get to know the widower down the street. Motherfucker. Woo, what? Where are you from? Where are you from? Where, where did you come from? Were you here this morning? Like, <laughs> this morning. It was 12 hours, Kate. I used to fucking hate Mitt Romney, like back in the, you know, obviously, you know, when he was running against yeah. Obama, it was like, man, fuck Mitt Romney. Fed up Mitt Romney is like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I still ain't never going to fuck with a Republican, but Mitt Romney, you at least know, <laughs> you at least know when it's time, my dude. Yeah. You can be like, Texas, <laughs> Texas should be lower. Also, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Texas shouldn't be lower. Texas should be higher for the rich. I'll never remember. I'll never forget a friend of mine said he was talking to his conservative in-laws and basically, you know, talking about like, I don't know if it was refugees or something like that. And, and my friend was like, cool, take them all. They're going to raise your taxes. I was like, I don't care. Take my money. Pay for them. So they live. And like watching his, in, his father-in-law's like head explode <laughs> at that notion <laughs> that just, you could just like straightforward be like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Take I it. say this all the time. Take more money from me. I'm fine with that. I would I would rather you focus on the rich and the wealthy and those who are hiding their money because it's worth like billions and billions of dollars. But yeah, tax me more. You know Let's do this. what happened in lockdown one? Somebody's tax money paid for me to live. Yeah. Cool. Come a- come April, come April, they're going to ask for some of that back. Probably. <laughs> I'm still poor. I don't know how much they're going to ask for, but they're probably going to ask for some of that back. And I can huff and moan about like, oh, I'm going to owe the government this much money. But you know what? Cool. Take it. Because it means I'm fortunate enough to still be working right now. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll see. Friends, we haven't even talked. We ain't even going to talk about COVID this week, but if, I, it, if it's going to happen again, do... take my money so someone else can w- get by. I-, I want them to give us a curfew. I want them to like severely fine and prosecute people who are breaking the rules. That's the ultimate thing. Oh, totalitarian big brother. Good. Do it. These are not regular times and y'all are trying to act like I've gone back and forth on how, uh, Ontario premier Doug Ford has handled this. Initially. I thought he was like, all right, he's showing he has a soul. That's all right. For the most of the time, he still kind of does show uh, politically. We have nothing in common, but he still kind of shows that he has a soul, but like, (laughs) He'll get out there on Friday and be like, man, if you saw the modeling, you'd fall off your chair. We'll talk more about it on Monday. And the opposition is like, I don't want to wait till Monday to fall off my chair. Like, Yeah, let's fall off our chairs now and do something about it. You should probably tell me now what's going on. It's like, it's like, don't send me a text message telling me we need to talk when I get home. No, yeah, I've learned from experience that freaks people out, man. You going to talk to me now, <laughs> but you're at work. I will go in the bathroom. I will go on a break. <laughs> I will go for a walk. You may go tell me we need to talk and leave me sitting all weekend. 
to find out why. Anyway, friends, all that is to say a half hour later, uh, times is weird. We're processing it just, just like you are. Sometimes well, sometimes poorly. Sometimes. Yeah, it usually, I can usually tell by how many Amazon orders I have coming, how I'm processing it. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> as I refresh for my plate of record, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my plate of record confirmation, I may have to bust out here after, uh, <laughs> after recording. Um. So I guess, I don't know, we'll just move on to updates in general. Updates. Updates for my life. We'll, we'll go We'll go in waves. First, I just got to say, it's more like an update about my life in general. Friends, forget everything I said about poor brain. My life is beautiful right now. What a twist. I got my coffee maker. I got my rice cooker. I got my speakers. How's, how's your coffee? Caitlin? Yeah. What the hell was I doing? I don't know. Mmm. Like, listen, I'm still just using, like, President's Choice giant tin can. It's, like, a step above <laughs> Maxwell House. Like, let's not shit ourselves. Like, we're still not out there getting, uh, you know, $35 for 750-gram beans. I'm almost scared to use the good coffee in this coffee maker because it would probably be so good but so potent. And, man, rice cooker. Got the rice cooker on Thursday. Had, ri- had made some kimchi rice that night. Caitlin. Yeah. I just put it in there. I put some water in the bowl. I put the lid on it. I hit a switch. I walk away. Yep. <laughs> I come back in 20 minutes. I have perfect rice. 20 minutes? Something like that. Uh, I don't my, remember. My rice cooker takes an hour. What? What? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's less than that. It just feels that way. Girl, I'll send you a link. This was $20 on Amazon. Black and oh. Decker. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, And most importantly, we'll get into like things I watched after Kate does hers, but like y'all... I'm never going to be an audiophile. I've said this repeatedly. I have no, I'm not precious about the act of record collecting that I've sort of stumbled my way into for the longest time. I always said I basically had my turntable plugged into a headphone jack on the back of a Bluetooth speaker. Caitlin. Yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> that, that was a wrong decision by me. Should not have done that for as long as I did. I don't even, I mean, I'm still buying new records, but I don't even need to buy new records right now because every record I own sounds brand new. Yeah. So you can just go through those for a year. Stereo separation is a thing, (laughs) y'all. It's just, I'm not going to nerd out about it too much, but like, I've always been, I don't know if a lot of people are like this, but like. I always listen for shit deep in the mix. I just always have. Maybe it's because I wear headphones so much, but I just, I always notice things like deep in a mix, background vocals, you know, one guitar track that's not really pushed up to the front. You do. And it's weird. (laughs) Like you hear that, you hear that drum. And I'm like, (laughs) yes, of course I hear that drum. I never know how to describe it to people because I've just always been that way. I always like dig. I, and And sometimes you do the the actual sound. You're like, you hear that ticky, ticky thing. And I'm like, yes. Of course I do. Y'all, that is like, a very distinct sound that I definitely hear. Y'all, she's been lying to me for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that stuff, it's not like I'm hearing stuff I didn't know was there. I knew it was there because I'm a fucking weirdo and that's how I listen to music in the first place. But it just pops up so much more and like, you know, it's like, that's how it was meant to be heard. It kind of is because now it's going, it's actual, 
analog cords going into the back of an analog speaker and the things are moving to the right side of the mix. I actually have like a little, it, it does that thing where it's sounds like it's coming from the middle between the speakers, right? Like, do you have Fleetwood Max rumors? I do. Oh, I didn't play oh, that yet. I was, I was, play that. I was doing classic rock this morning. Actually. I was like, I listened to friends. The big discussion was what I was going to play first on the speakers. Took a lot of, took a lot of uh, suggestions from folks. Kate just hit me with the, uh, with the gif of Achan for perfume, I was like, I didn't even think of that. So we put Polyrhythm on there for the first time. I will say, of all the records, the one that has improved the most is Perfume's Future Pop. Oh. Which I always heard Homeboy Nakata there kind of mixed to be, like, not for. Like, he didn't intend for it to, like, sound good on your phone speaker or earbuds. Like, he meant it to, like, he mixed it to sound best on, like, I'm hesitant to even say mine is decent, but like a decent set of speakers. Um, and I just, that, that fucker bangs now. And I was never that huge on that album, but I like, I want to put it on again front to back. Cause that sucker just went in. Um, but I was doing classic rock this morning. I was like, what have what have I not listened to? Let me take some of these old records. I was like listening to Zeppelin this morning, but you are correct. Oh my God. Dreams is going to sound fucking amazing on these. We got to wrap this up. Y'all. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's yeah. That that's been lifestyle improvements uh, around the crib. Kate, what have you been? What have you been getting into? Lifestyle or um, media? Okay, so I have not basically watched anything but Law and Order for the whole week. Raise your hand like, if you could have predicted that. Like so much Law and Order. Like even while I'm filing, There's thirty-five seasons, Caitlin. It's twenty, <laughs> and they only have ten to twenty on. And really only up to, like, 14, I think, is good. Um, once Lenny leaves, I'm like, eh. I was going to say, is that, is that when Orbeck, Orbeck left? Yeah. Yeah, around that time. Um, the I can't remember his name. He's actually a great actor. Um, the guy who plays uh, Inspector Green, um, uh, he's fantastic. Um, but he, he partners up with Lenny. Um, for from season ten to again like fourteen, I think, um, maybe fifteen. But oh, the, uh, oh, Jesse something. Kind of green law and order because I am on my computer, <laughs> so I can do this. Ed Green, who is played by Jesse L. Martin. There we go. I knew it was, yeah, Je- knew it was Jesse something. He's a fantastic actor. I actually wish I saw him in more. Um, he's also very handsome. Um, <laughs> But uh, he he works great with Lenny. Like, they have a really amazing dynamic. Um, so I really enjoy watching those. But once Orbeck leaves, I'm kind of like, eh. They, just, they, they needed to find some really good actors to play off of each other. And I just didn't enjoy the dynamic between um, uh, Martin and – I can't remember his name. He's a pretty well-known actor, white guy. Um, but they're just both young cops, and I think the dynamic of having an older right. cop with the younger cop, I think it just it it lends itself really well to that to that uh, dynamic. But anyways, um, so I've just like absorbed <laughs> Law and Order. I've been watching more of the second half, which is the prosecutory half, mm. which but which is can be really interesting. But if you just want like a fun like how did they figure it out thing, like a puzzle, but there are moments in the the um, the order half where <laughs> uh, it can get really interesting. Order half. 
the order half. Um, so that's basically been everything I've watched. <laughs> um, I we did also though um I've talked about it before uh senior correspondent Chris and I do our Christmas on what's colloquially referred to as Ukrainian Christmas or yes. Orthodox Christmas it can be held on the 6th or the 7th um but we do ours on the 6th which is also the 12th day of Christmas it's also the feast of the epiphany when the magi were supposed to have come and you know, deliver their presents to baby Jesus or uh, the 12th day of Christmas. So we do this in part um, because why not? Uh, And also because Chris's family is Catholic and he has a very large family and they take Christmas pretty seriously. And so there are lots of Christmas events. And so we decided instead of being rushed to go through our presents from each other, we can have it a little bit later, take some time. And when we have kids, we'll probably do the same thing because grandma and grandpas, as people may or may not know, love spoiling their grandkids and buying them a thousand presents. So to sort of like give them time to digest Christmas. Um, And also when I was a kid, and I know I'm a little bit of a fragile snowflake, but (laughs) I, well, it's true. I'm like a super emotional person. Um, I used to get really depressed after Christmas because mm. it was like 26th, bam, it's over, Yeah. right? And yeah, sure, you have New Year's, but when you're a kid, it doesn't sort of mean as much. And then all of a sudden, everything's over and you're supposed to like go back to normal and just be stuck in the miserable cold weather Hate it. with nothing fun. Hate it. Yeah. And January and February, March, those are my least favorite months. I get very, very depressed. Sads totally affects me. Um and so I was like, you know what? Let's pull out that Christmasness over more time, right? So I will watch Christmas movies on January 6th and all of that jazz. Um, but anyways, senior correspondent Chris did a hell of a job buying presents this year. <laughs> um, a lot of the stuff he bought me, it's I, I don't even want to tell people because they'll be like, uh, he bought you that. But to me, because he knows me so well, it, it like blew my mind. So I'm just going to name a couple of them and then you can gauge how much of a weirdo I am. It's fine. So the first thing was he bought me uh, a little um, <laughs> a Funko Pop. No, it was not Janeway because they still not have made a Janeway Funko Pop because they're horrible people. Um, but it is the armorer from The Mandalorian. The armor, who is a character. The armorer, right. Yes, who she just in the last second last or last episode basically just destroys a bunch of stormtroopers with her hammer. Um, it was a huge surprise and I just was so thrilled. Um, because she's super cool and I love her. Um, the second thing was I've, I wrap gifts and I try and do a pretty good job of wrapping gifts. I like wrapping gifts and I usually have a rainbow of tissue paper, but I've been running out because I don't make as many stops to Dalrama. I haven't seen as many people for their birthdays, so I haven't bought any tissue paper lately recently so we got me a bag of every single color tissue paper at the dollarama and i was like (gasps) i was so excited 
Um, finally, the last thing, and I don't even think I've talked about it to you or on this show, is I have a fascination with MREs, which are army packaged meals. Oh my god! Uh, yes, <laughs> they're meal ready. It's it's called it's a. It's meal ready to eat, um, and I <clears throat> got really fascinated about it because I I started watching this woman called Emmy Emmy Eats something like that on YouTube, and she does a bunch of different stuff. She makes things, she makes old recipes, she does MREs, she does um, this called the thing from Japan called Pop and Cookin', which is basically candy, but you can make like a little hamburger or you make right, 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 little right. mini pizzas, yeah. Um, so she, I just totally got into it. And the problem is, is I'm one of the only people who likes airplane food and hospital food. And the reason is, is because it all comes in packages. <laughs> so MREs to me are like, like that on like cocaine. <laughs> like I just, I love them. And, um, I've wanted one for ages and Chris couldn't get one for my birthday for the last couple of years. They're pretty hard to find. But he surprised me this Christmas with an MRE, and I'm very excited. Anyways, are, are you, so are, was, are you saving it? Are you saving it for a special occasion or? Yeah, I, he he's like, don't eat it without me. I'm like, no, no, no. It's going to be like an event. He's like, should we tape it? I was like, no, like, I don't. I'm not. No, we're you, not going to tape it. But you need something to do on your anniversary, right? So. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, super romantic. Me opening an MRE, being excited. Everything comes in a package. Mm, I was gonna say, who wants some beef paste? Mm. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> just, so, and I love all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, yes. So, those were some of the things I got. I was super thrilled. Very excited. It was a great holiday, um, and. Yeah, he did a really good job. I'm, like, really proud of him because he, you know, sometimes people who have are, you know, he has very severe ADHD aren't the best to buy gifts. <laughs> the thing he always goes back to is the time he bought me the tape dispenser as a high heel. Huh? It's so, it's, it, you, we used to sell them at the place oh, yeah, that yeah, we yeah. both, used yeah. it's a high heel, but it's a tape dispenser. Yeah. And he got it for me. He thought it was like funny, and I was just like, "Oh, oh, oh no!" <laughs> oh, and, and he was like, "Oh, oh no! What have I done?" He's like, "I'll return it." He was so sad. He's like, "I'm sorry." I'm like, "You don't have to be sorry. I just, I don't like high heels, and I just, you know." <laughs> it's like if someone bought me a purse, like sticky note thing. I'm not really into purses, um, but yeah. So, but he did a really, really good job. He's he's learned me very well. Well, you know what, Kate. What? I'm a shout her out to someone cute. Um, got me for Christmas a. So I'd mentioned previously on the show that like there's the um, I mentioned when I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that like all that music was getting refreshed in Grand Theft Auto, especially this um, station in the game Worldwide FM, kind of curated and run by Giles Peterson, British DJ Giles Peterson. He's basically just like a British rare groove DJ who's now like one of these like. He's got a show on BBC Six, and he took Worldwide FM from the game and made an online radio station out of it. He just was like, you know what? Oh. That that was really fun. Let's do this as a thing. So you go to Worldwide.FM cool. is a station. I think it broadcasts online pretty much 24 hours a day, some or 12 to 24 hours a day. Also on demand through Mixcloud and things like that. 
and they occasionally put out merch and uh, someone cute has a background in graphic design and typography and things like that. And she had sent me something of just like, she really likes like hand styles and fonts and things like that. So she'll send me things of stuff she likes. And I said, Oh, that reminds me of um, this thing. One of the like things that worldwide FM has put out is this apparel with this graphic that says like good morning world on it with really like swoopy intersecting, serifs and things like that and then underneath it's just got like a list of cities like you know bristol manchester tokyo detroit worldwide frequency modulation type thing you know it's just a little little fun thing you know whatever and they were doing a run of them again only like 100 per size i think or 150 per size and i was like oh it reminds me of this yeah i just i really like that shirt it's like but you know it's like you know whatever price um in in pound sterling (laughs) i was like no thank you not doing that um and we talked about it once, like a month before Christmas, and she got it for me. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice when they, they know things about you. Isn't it? We don't just watch television, but we did this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my thing, my updates of things that I watch are really, like, weird and scattershot. So, I mean, I'm just going to, like, throw I have I have no, like, organization to the things I watch this week. Probably because the world was burning around me, and it's just kind of like, hey, that's a fun. Here's a fun thing that's <laughs> not the world burning, so I'm going to going to enjoy that. While I was uh, enjoying a lovely evening, being cute with someone cute, I took a dip. <laughs> we took a dip. I'll bring her in on this as well. <laughs> uh, but we both mutually took a dip into the extended masked universe. Caitlin McKinnon. And we, wa- we watched the first episode of The Masked Dancer. The what? The Masked Dancer. From the people who brought you The Masked Singer. Are you not familiar with any of this? Oh, va- very vaguely. They wear stupid costumes? Yes. So there's a, yes. there's a Korean show called King of Masked Singer. Which is basically like people, K-pop singers, actors, whatever. They come out. And a mask, nothing as absurd as what's in the American version, because of course American is going to do too much. So, <laughs> you know, the Korean version, they might just look like you know a ballerina or something and have a mask on. Like the the American version is like full on foam heads, like <laughs> insane. And they have now they've done four seasons of the Masked Singer, and spun this off now into the Masked Dancer. And we watched the first episode, and Craig Robinson is the host, which was upsetting to both of us. <laughs> It's <laughs> like you get man, you get office residuals. What are you what are you doing for <laughs> Peacock is basing their entire business model around how much office you can watch. You don't you don't need to be doing this, my man. Um And we watched one episode and um <laughs> my god, Caitlin, it's so it's so absurd. It's absurd for a few reasons. I'm I'm not going <laughs> We were both just, like, screaming the entire time we were watching the show at how absurd it gets for a few reasons. Number one, the costumes, never mind, whatever. Um, they were, like, fucking... They broke it up into two... The premiere into two nights and five per night. And it was, like, a disco ball and a hammerhead shark and an <laughs> exotic bird and, and a tulip. Like, And there were there were two... The two things about it is, one... When they have the panel, because there's a panel that's got, like, um, you know, Sharpay from fucking High School Musical. And Ken, Ken Jong's on both of them. Ken Jong is, like, running <laughs> the, the mass <laughs> franchise. Um, 
and Brian Austin Green, and I can't remember the – oh, Paul Abdul um, is the panel. And so initially they, like, guess. They guess after the routine. And <laughs> it's fucking like – it's like, you know, I noticed there was a bit of a Latin flavor um, to your movement. So I think it's Jennifer Lopez. Is you high? <laughs> there is no way on fucking earth Jennifer Lopez needs that check. Like, frame this appropriately. <laughs> like, Paula Abdul in the back huffing whippets before she comes out here. Like, I think it's, I think it's Beyonce. <laughs> you know what? I really, I really do. I do. I think it's Beyonce. Um, <laughs> fuck. The the first the first elimination that we saw was speaking of Law and Order, Ice T. Oh, was the disco ball who really didn't do much. The camera did ninety percent of his his routine. Um, but and someone cute pointed this out, and then we went back. He said two things. He said one, you know, my kids really like the Mass Singer. I thought this would be cool, blah, blah, blah. And when I saw Lil Wayne on The Masked Singer, and we went, excuse me? So then we had to go back and look at everyone who'd been on The Masked Masked Singer. And there's always someone in the first week. This is someone cute's theory. She pointed this out. There's always someone in the first week who was like, the sacrificial, I did it for my kids. Because my kids would think it's cool. Like, Lil Wayne, what the hell, saying, are you going to go my way? Terribly. He was like in this freaking robot costume. The next season, Busta Rhymes does Mama Said Knock You Out. And it's clearly Busta Rhymes within minutes. Um, And apparently, so that even makes you wonder, you know, fuck him. Maybe Beyonce would show up in one of these. Anyway, it's absurd. I have no intention of ever watching a frame of it again. The theme of this episode that we're doing this week, friends, is really like, hey, Middle America, what y'all up to? So this was just another example of like what Middle America's up to. (laughs) Whew. As well. Oh, and the other thing was to help the panel guess. Um, so I don't know if they talk at all on the mass singer, but on the mass dancer, they were singing with like a, they were talking with a voice uh, disguiser, and then <laughs> they would get one moment. They get to say one word related to themselves, unmasked, like in their actual voice. Right. Kate, this was a proper segment called Word Up. And it would play five seconds of Cameo's Word Up, which is now the second time Cameo's Word Up has made an appearance on this podcast. <laughs> and they would show... I know what's going on. They would show, it's a revolution. They would show the crowd and the panel, like, grooving to Word Up. They did this five times in a single episode, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm, like, screaming at my television. It's like, oh, is it time for Word Up again? <laughs> Baby, I bet it's time for Word Up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Ridiculous. Um, other things I checked out, forgot to mention, and I'm not endorsing it, but when we were doing the big rundown of everything we watched over the holidays, um, I watched that death to 2020 thing on Netflix. Yeah. How was it? Toothless. (laughs) I mean, I mean, look, I saw, I saw people I would have expected to on Facebook being like, it was really funny. If you haven't lived on the internet and you haven't been watching Seth Meyers or John Oliver or anyone else who is very funny, talk about the events of this year you will probably enjoy it. Like that's not a, well, it is a knock. It's a, it's a knock on people for being uninformed um, because it's impossible to do something like this. So sorry, this is like an hour long thing or like a 90 minute thing from uh, the folks from black mirror, which is why it's disappointing. It's so toothless as a like fake documentary. And 
you know, Lisa Kudrow playing like a Kellyanne Conway type and Samuel L. Jackson playing a journalist and Leslie Jones playing a psychiatrist, fictional psychiatrist type of thing. Just commenting on it going throughout the months, uh, talking about everything that happened in 2020. Two things noticeable. One, holy shit. Yeah. Australia was on fire in January. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Com- forgot about that completely. Um, the only thing that I thought was funny and like well done was uh, the mother from How I Met Your Mother, Christian Miliati, I believe her name is. Um, mm-hmm. She was also in the Black Mirror episode, um, the Star Trek riff one, um, where she was like trapped in the trapped in the game type of thing. Um, she plays essentially like the Uber Karen, and right. she's she's got a real good like Rick grin with crazy eyes expression that she does frequently. <laughs> And this watching her slowly slip from like you know concerned to like full QAnon over the course of like her interviews. If you can find oh just like God. a supercut of her interviews, she's really well done, including when someone off camera goes like, "Weren't you filmed? Didn't you go viral for that video on Instagram?" And it's like starts with you know her approaching black people. Is this your house? Is this your car? Blah blah blah. Up to in the hospital. Excuse me. Is that your dialysis machine? <laughs> Like just and somebody like, are you crazy? I have a right to ask. I have a right to ask. <laughs> that was marginally funny. Otherwise, you find that on YouTube. Otherwise, you don't need to watch it. Um, uh, brief note on weeb shit. Aqua, one of the Love Live idol groups. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I only from like the technical perspective because obviously they got to do all their shit virtual now, right? And watching them, a big part of idol shows, especially, is just how nuts the crowd goes. So when that's gone, we have seen over 2020 how things like sports leagues, the WWE, what have you, have tried to, like, mimic the feel without the people, right? Right. Which is very hard to do. Very hard to do. And honestly, I'd seen clips from the first time they tried this, and it was really kind of depressing. It was just kind of like them on a stage, no crowd. They tried doing this, like, CGI light stick effect (laughs) where it just looked like a bunch of light sticks were in the crowd. Didn't really work, but they're getting kind of better at it because they were supposed to go on a dome tour this year. This was their five-year anniversary. It was supposed to be a big, huge thing that they were doing. And obviously, you know, I feel really bad for them because these girls worked really hard and, you know, they don't get to do all this stuff now. Um, So they had a two-night thing. I think they streamed on YouTube or Nico Delga or whatever. Um, Obviously, I got pirated immediately, and I watched, (laughs) watched, watched a few highlights here and there on Billy Billy. And I will say... They almost, they almost captured the feel. I noticed that because they're like a newer group, you know, Aqua maybe might be edging out muse musically, not for charisma, but definitely like musically. Cause this stuff can be a little more sound, a little more contemporary, despite being idol trash. They had a song where two of the members that sounded almost like nineties, new Jack swing. It was very odd, but I greatly enjoyed it. Even though the outfits bore nothing to that. <laughs> like I'm watching a Japanese girl do the Roger rabbit and like, <laughs> a big swoopy hat and frilly dress. I'm like, that's, this is all very asynchronous. Um, But they have this song called thrilling one way. That's it's as aggressive as an idol group is going to be. But like one of these shows took place on new year's Eve when they live streamed it. Obviously this has happened before. I know perfume's done this before where they had a new year show. Um, They did the countdown and then they played thrilling one way. And they had, like, CGI fireworks going off and the sound of fireworks and crowd noise. And, like, 
thrilling one way gets at the end gets really kind of like you know it just sounds like tire spinning it's just it's the best way i can describe it. it's just like it's just like and the dance is like just fists in the air and then there's a break and they run in place and then fist back in the air again and it's like it just gets you really amped up i was like you almost did it shouts respect for that you almost pulled it off but if that had been with a live crowd it would have torn the fucking roof off like right it was hype good for them other thing I want to shout out was listening to podcasts this week, getting caught up on some of the ones I missed over the holidays, listening to Chris and Andy uh, chat with Jason Manzukis, who's probably best known to a lot of our listeners as Derek from The Good Place. Um, he's a fan of The Chris and Andy Show. He sits in occasionally throughout the year, and they were just kind of having an episode dedicated to what we enjoyed, what got us through. Not even what we enjoyed, but like what got us through 2020 didn't have to be the best thing in the world but just like what were we what were we enjoying and manzuka's basically steamrolled over both of them because he watched everything and he's both <laughs> and he's both of us <laughs> caitlin he's both that is of us. too much that's too much jordan <laughs> he's both of us as a single person because in one moment andy would be like you know i really got in i weirdly got into jazz in 2020 i was like you know because it was just calming i really got into pianist bill evans and manzukas would like then burst in with like have you read this article in the believer about the bill evans song nardis and i was like okay so that's me because <laughs> i think i've read that article and i definitely love the bill evans song nardis um and then later on in the episode he'd be like hilda's fucking great <laughs> And Leanna Mormont did the voice of Hilda, and she's just on fire. And it ended on a cliffhanger. And it's like, I was like, and that's the Caitlin part. So uh, if you took Caitlin and myself and mashed this together, you would get Jason Manzukis, is what I'm saying. Also, I think he was on an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> probably was. I should get Adam. He should probably be on this show, to be honest. Oh, amazing. You, me, and Manzukis could go in on some, like, you know. <laughs> He fucking talked about Great Pretender. Like, and these, and oh. like, basically, if it was on Netflix, this motherfucker watched it. Like, he, right. watched, he watched Great Pretender. He knew Avatar. He knew he fucking loves Rebels and Clone Wars. Amazing. Like, he's he's the dude. He he is the geek down as a human. If you took both of us and mashed us together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Maybe he's Chauncey. <gasps> maybe that's his human form. Jason Manzoukas is Chauncey the geek down there now. <laughs> Um, Friends, we need to process amazing. that. <laughs> so we're going to take, take a break right here. And when we come back, friends, I picked up the phone when Caitlin called. And I said, I have rarely been more excited to talk about something than I am about the Paramount Network program Yellowstone. <laughs> and Caitlin said. Yeah, I know what you mean. I almost did yell at you through Facebook. <laughs> so we're going to get all that yelling done. And it will probably be plentiful when we come back from this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other or that we've just decided to both take a look at because friends, there's a lot of content. Friends, we haven't brought this up officially, but we're kind of taking January to um, check out what y'all are up on, sort of. Yeah. We haven't come up with an alliterative theme month for this yet, if it's going to become a repetitive thing. It's kind of like Opportune June again, Redux. 
but there's a lot of stuff. Opportune June is also like, hey, watch more Avatar. Like, <laughs> this is yeah. This is like there's a lot of stuff that y'all are on that we have no idea about. So we've rattled yeah. off a few things amongst ourselves that we said, you know what? Let's just check those out in January, and this is one of them. But the rules still apply. Kate, tell us about the rules. The rules are the first rule, which is if the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them because you want the thing that you're watching to get a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. And this comes in parts. It's a television show. It's got three seasons. We'll talk about that later. Yo. And and uh, they've already uh, greenlit a fourth Yo. season. And uh, it, obviously it comes in episodes. So the rule is to try your best to watch three of them. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. We will not talk about the show or the thing that we have looked at until we are sitting in front of these microphones because we want you, our lovely audience, to get the hottest and freshest of takes. And we will have takes. Yo. Third rule is there will be spoilers. Yo. Because, <laughs> because it's not even a rule. It's just a policy at the show because none of us really care. And this is at this point, like, we're taking a look at a thing that started in 2018. And it just every – just – Talking about this, there will be a lot of spoilers. Dip, dip, dip. <laughs> if 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 you care, then um, I would prefer if at this moment you get yourself up and you get yourself out. Uh, go make some tea. Have a cold walk outside, a brisk walk. Um, unless, of course, you're in Australia, in which case it's summer, so go enjoy the heat. Um, and that's it. Kate? Yeah. What did we watch this week? This week we watched Yellowstone, which is an American drama television series created by Taylor Sheridan and John Linson that premiered on June 20th, 2018 on the Paramount Network. It stars Kevin Costner, Wes Bentley, Kelly Riley, Luke Grimes, Cole Hauser, and Gil Birmingham. The series follows the conflicts along the shared borders of a large cattle ranch, a native reservation, and land developers. Let's just establish our footing here first. Okay. Caitlin. Yeah. Well, let's contextualize a bit first. We decided to look at this because I had no idea this thing was three seasons deep. All I knew. I, I didn't. I didn't know anything about this I, until I, you were like, we were look, looking for the movie. Oh, until we were looking for uh, Dashing in December, right? Which was the yes, other and pa- then, Paramount and Network then, thing. We were both on Paramount, like, looking for ways to download this thing or join Paramount or whatever. And you were like, what is Yellowstone? Oh, I think I actually knew what Yellowstone was because it had been mentioned on Chris and Andy as, like, because Chris and Andy sometimes, despite being a television podcast, I mean, they talk about, you know, highfalutin TV, right? They're talking about the HBO Sunday night, like, shows. That could be Game of Thrones, that could be The Boys, or that could be, like, you know, industry, which is some like, you know, banking show, <laughs> young banker show on HBO or I made des- narcos or narcos or I may destroy you or like, you know, Graham green adaptations or things like that. Um, and I think Chris threw out, um, Yellowstone as like an example of like the shows that all of America is watching literally all of America. If you read the ratings, especially as it got into season three, this thing was exploding. You know, this is like the the shared Chicago universe or nine one one. You know, the shows that like your basic network TV shows and fucking Kevin Costner was on it, and I was like, Zuh? 
Kevin Costner's on a television show? Yeah. And then I watched a preview or a trailer, or I just even like read the synopsis and went, oh. So, yeah, knowing that this was one of those shows that seemed like everybody in America was watching and we knew nothing about. And then Kate was like, what is that? Let's dig into it. Kate, did you like yeah. this? No. No. <laughs> this was terrible. This is the fucking hottest garbage. It is, it is, like, it is, so I just said in the last segment, like, this thing, um, but on cocaine, this is white people problems, but, like, oh my God. on, like, 10 pounds of cocaine. I, like, they snorted mm. everything. Like, there's nothing left. I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I just... Okay, so sorry, I, I did the premise, but basically Yellowstone follows the Dutton family, owners of the largest ranch in the United States. The plots revolve around family drama and the bordering Native Reservation and National Park. So, but just like first point, um, there is nobody good in this show. No one is good. You know, the first There's thing I wrote down, hero. Kate, the first thing what? I wrote down, this is Hillbilly Succession. Yeah, yes. Um... And I understand why this show is so popular because it's like, like might is right, white supremacist gangster cowboys. Like this is a, it's basically about a mob family. Yeah. But they're white (laughs) Billy cowboys. Um, And there are no good people. There's nothing good. They paint the indigenous peoples, the Native Americans, as as terrible. Like, listen, am I not supposed to root for the chief? Is he supposed to be the villain? Right. And, like... Because the second he also, was in prison talking down Kevin Costner about, like, I will erase you from history. Yeah. Like, I, I I will buy back your ranch and take your name off of everything. I'm like, yeah, do it. Let's go. Let's see how he's going to enact his plan. Like, I, I just... And then the guy who's probably painted supposed to be, like, a good character, listen, which is the youngest listen, son. Listen, what what listen. is even, what what is even going on with him? Literally, in every single episode... He murders someone. All the time. (laughs) Like, in the first episode, he murders his wife's brother. Yes. Because the wife's brother has shot his brother. The second episode, he kills that guy who was on a reservation in a meth lab. Which I just, even that. Well, I I mean, that was, like, supposed to be a mercy killing. A mercy killing, which which I completely understand. But still shot him okay third we're we're, ju- we're jumping all the way around please let me do episode three please let me do what happened in the third episode in okay. the third okay. episode he was like there's a plot line where he's like so his whole jam is is casey is that his name case yes casey is the youngest so yes despite having access to his family's wealth and despite being like one of the favored children the first to have given him uh, given thomas kevin costner a grandchild he that grandchild was you know sired to a native american wife he left the ranch and moved on to the the reservation with his wife and that's where they're raising their child so because he is kind of refusing the benefits of his family he is an army vet um he served and he's thinking about going back into the army so he's out in like 
the middle of the desert, like doing target practice with his, with his kid. And on the way back, how did they discuss, did the van crash? What happened with the van? No, no, no. The van was sitting there and he was suspicious of this white man in the middle of nowhere. And he says something along the lines of sometimes people who aren't right. native do things on native land because the they laws can't, are, different. are different. Right. Um, so he like, yeah. So he goes over, <laughs> my God, <laughs> yeah, to... so much in that just like group of scenes alone. That so alone, that was like, and I mean, is this what people talk about when they talk about Ozark having like, you know, three seasons in its pilot episode? Like, cause he like, <laughs> You're just like, what the hell? he goes over some dude in a gas mask comes out the back and tries to shoot him. He kills that dude, tells his kid to go get in a drain pipe. The kid goes in the drain pipe. There's a fucking rattlesnake in the drain pipe. <laughs> leave the drain pipe because I guess his dad told him to told like him to go stay and there. stay in there. So there was also, um, and then some guy, uh, tries to pull away with the van, ends up crashing the van and then he gets out <laughs> and, first, and so the guy is like in his drawers and he's like running and shoots a Casey a few times. I don't, did Casey shoot him first? It looked like he got him, but. Uh, I can't, I don't know. I don't think so. Cause he's running pretty fast okay. and then he lassoes him. The yeah. And trips him, and the dude falls over and cracks his head on a rock and dies. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, his son is stomping a rattlesnake to death in a drain pipe. <laughs> and, gets, and gets, like, a rock and, like, I think smashes and it. And this is both intercut. And then goes back to the van and finds uh, a Native American girl who's been abducted by these two. To what happened, we don't know. It's never fully illustrated. He takes her home. She just wants to go home. She doesn't want to go to the cops. He Takes tries to be like, be like, we should really take you to hospital. And she's like, no. And he's like, okay, I'm an adult, but that's fine. I'm going to send her, bring her home. And then this kid comes out of the drain pipe like, look, dad, I killed a snake. <laughs> like, <laughs> holding this dead snake. Dad says, good for you, son. Cuts the rattler off and throws the snake away. Drive the girl home. Um, and then he goes to these total strangers <laughs> that he's yeah. never met before. And the dad is like. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm sorry, because you're not gonna give it enough. Mm. <laughs> enough. I then looked up who played the father. Mm. His name is Gino Seegers. I believe that's how you pronounce that. And he is part of the posse now. Oh. <laughs> that, I am sorry. That was that, unexpected. That thick baritone. As the baritone, nope, I knew it was. He was gonna be. <laughs> so then it's like he played Mufasa. Okay. Did he? In the in one of the a, a couple of different uh, he, he was he was in the musical in the states as well as I think like China and New Zealand or something he's played rugby wow. I know all about him now wow <laughs> the thirst is real <laughs> but you love you love yeah. to see it uh, so bring the girl back they established that she was not raped but we don't know what they were doing with her she's not saying um, and. You know, her dad's like, well, let's go get him. He's like, I already got him. And he's like, well, meet me back here. He's like, okay, I got to take my kid back first. So he takes his kid back, who's covered in snake blood. <laughs> and his wife is like, what the hell? And he's like, I'll tell you later. Just, uh, I'll tell you later. I got to go. Like, prop, props to his wife, though. She doesn't like, she's like, what the hell? But when he's like, I will tell you everything that happened. I just, I have to go now. And she was like, all right. But like, I think probably... Good luck. <laughs> like, 
be safe or something? Yeah. She's like, be careful. It's like this, it sounds like I should say be careful. And then he goes and they get the bodies and <laughs> the girls, the abductor girl's father is like, well, we got to burn them now because that traps their souls. You know, you killed their bodies. We got to kill their souls now. Here you go. Okay, cool. Guess I'll just burn these bodies. Y'all, that was in, that was a 40 minute episode and it was the B plot. Yeah. It was the fucking B plot. Yeah. Oh my God. So I don't even know. Yeah. So I don't, the biggest problem with the show. Okay. The big, Let's hear the biggest problem. The biggest, I can... As, as I see it, and I'm just going purely, purely on like the thing is the thing. I'm not looking at the fact that there is one woman on the show who is. I'm sure you can go off on that. I'm sure you have some thoughts on Beth <laughs> as a character. Um, it starts off and it hits you with like, okay, be hillbilly succession. I despise succession. I watched at the behest of someone who was in my life at the time who was like, this is the best show on television. And I watched it. And I was like, these people are fucking awful and I don't want to spend any time with them, but it's at least written. Well, the banter popped, you know? If you want to get your, like, if you want to foot trick yourself into thinking that you're not watching just, you know, Fortino's level dynasty, like, that's just, just what it is. <laughs> you know, it's potato chips made with avocado oil. You know, it's not, it's, it's still garbage, but it's like well-written garbage. Um, yeah. I think this thinks it wants to be that because it's working the same premise, you know, kids vying for power, family dynamics, you know, Dallas on steroids type of thing, I guess. Um. But it doesn't know if it wants to be Succession or Empire because it just swings so hard to trash so quickly. And like the and first like, the first scene, the premise set up in the pilot, I was actually, despite being 90 minutes long, Jesus, um, I get it. You got Costner. But listen, is this the is this the weakest uh, move to television for any A-list Hollywood actor ever? Like, I mean, how do you go from making fucking Waterworld to, like, grimacing on just, you know, sitting around grimacing in a cowboy hat for seven minutes an episode? Like, I mean, get the bag, Costner, but still, you got an Oscar, my dude. Uh, Does he? Yeah, you, like, want a shit ton Is of it for it. Dances with Wolves? Yeah. Oh. Um, I watched the, that as a kid, and that was way too young to watch that. Probably. Just FYI. <laughs> the setup in the pilot is, like... So, okay, you got, you got this ranch. And I also thought, I thought this was going to, <laughs> putting way too many lofty was it expectations on the show. about ranching? Not, not even about ranching, although apparently oh. I did not know livestock agents were a thing that merited bulletproof oh, yeah. vests. But I had to learn about that afterwards because my initial note was like, I don't think you can just embroider something on a vest and give yourself authority. But apparently it's a real <laughs> thing in Montana. Um, I thought this was going to maybe maybe do that thing that at one time Red Dead Redemption did for me, which was kind of illustrate the roots of American conservatism. Okay. <laughs> it's a real lofty expectation for a show this garbage. But there was a moment in Red Dead Redemption where, like, you know, the, the main character has a chat with a supporting character who's basically talking about, like, you know, we built this ranch from the ground up and we, we kept the kept the Indians at bay and then these people and that people. And now this so-called government comes in and they tell us they want to build a railway so they got to come through our land or take my money and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, you know what? That almost makes sense. And if I was a, you know, farmer in 1870-something, maybe I would align that way. I, I'm not that. I'm a soft boy in 2021. <laughs> so, uh... as said earlier, take my money. Let all the refugees in. 
I thought maybe this show was going to do something like that because it's basically Kevin Costner saying, this mine, you no take. And But the premise in the first episode is like, for reasons, it's never really established why, and maybe we'll find out why later on, although it seems like by the third episode that plot line has kind of bowed up. A bunch of his cows end up on native land. Yeah. And they're tagged. They clearly came from his farm, but it don't matter how they got there. The second they're there, they're now owned by the, owned by the reservation. Um, and it is the dispute about, you know, talking has not worked. So what, what talking, there was no talking. What was, talking? They talked once where they where he brought some Buffalo out for, and thankfully at least the show's self-aware enough to have Costner get chewed out by the, uh, by the chief for being gross. Um, yeah. For bringing some Buffalo. What did he say? Remind us of something we haven't been for a century. Like yeah, something like that. Um, he's a great character. He's a great actor. Um, Gil Birmingham. Is that his name? He's fucking fantastic. Honestly, he should be the show. Yes, it is. But <laughs> he should I be the show. Agree. I want to watch him way more than I want to watch Costner. Yes, um, Bill Birmingham is his name. And as the crescendo of that episode, it's like Costner has decided, well, fuck it, they're mine. I'm just going to go get them. And he gets, uh, you know, he's a bunch of dudes in, in uh, you know, vests with livestock agent embroidered on the front and a helicopter. <laughs> I, I did laugh at the helicopter pilot. Who like, so Casey's brother-in-law is like, you ain't taking these cows. He's out there with like a fucking AR-15, like pinging shots off the helicopter. And what's the, hel- what's the pilot say? I survived 40 tours in Afghanistan and I got to deal with this shit in fucking Montana. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, thank you for having some self-awareness. But I thought that was, that was at least relatively interesting to me. Like I enjoyed, I kind of enjoyed that. I was like, okay, you're uneven show, but that's not bad. I'm interested in knowing more about that. And then fucking, you know, rip what's his face is like making some guy kill himself in a medical examiner lab. Right. It like blows things. Like this is okay. This is my problem. So at one point, Kevin Costner, it's not just the like the imbalance of the show. It's the, um, hypocrisy of the show. So in one point, the Kevin Costner character is like, Oh, but if we burn my son's body, he might not get to heaven. None of you are going there because you murder people (laughs) just like it's nothing. Literally, Kevin Costner's like, go murder that guy. And Rip does it. (laughs) He just he's like, okay. Or they brand people for being cattle thieves. Although they brand them as a mark of loyalty to the fucking farm. And I thought it was for... No, I thought it was for being thieves. Because usually that's what happened. You brand people for being thieves. I don't know. All them dudes with the brand. Like, Rip's got a brand. All those guys in, like, the oh, do they? dorm have a brand. Yeah. Oh, I did not notice that Rip had a brand. Because, and again, again, this is Hillbilly Succession. <laughs> I'm using Hillbilly. It's actually an affront to Hillbillies to <laughs> to use that word with this show. Um, it's even got the Cousin Greg character. You know, that, what the hell's his name? Jimmy or whatever? The, the guy who gets hired as a favor, you know, the, right. the outsider character who's like, oh, who like has, you know, the touching moment with, it was the moment when even the mom was a f- fucking piece of shit. With a bitch, right? And I was like, what a fucking cow. I was like, oh, so really there is no one. It's not like everyone is fucked up because, because of what happened. Died, yeah. it, it's because it's, 
everyone has been an asshole from forever. From time. Kate. Yeah. Let's talk about Beth. Do we have to? Friends, do you like women as just like people? <laughs> and who jiggle? Well, if you like women or you think women Montana's are people. Montana's cold. Montana is cold. Can I just say that? And again, she has a good moment in the first scene. You see her like, okay, that's like, you want this to be the shiv. Again, back to the succession metaphor. There's something where they're, you know, buying some, they're going to buy out some company and send some guy off to pasture type of thing, you know, take over his company. And like, I built this in my garage. And she gives the great soliloquy about like, you're going to end up back there. if you, and then You're going to be back in a garage if you, you know. You're going to be the only company that files for Chapter 11 in the biggest oil boom this country's ever seen. I just put, you know, and he calls her a bitch as she walks away and she comes back and basically like put, you know, puts the hands on the back of his chair. And she's like, I just, you know, saved your house. I just put your kids through college. Maybe you can think of something more appropriate to say and like makes him say thank you. And I'm like, okay, cool. By episode two, she's just strolling around with a fucking highball glass. <laughs> swinging and like tits out, tits out, tits, very like, frick, only person who gets naked. In the, yeah. in the three episodes of the show. Um, and uh, and also, um, troughs are gross. <laughs> um, also, can, I, I'm upset at her bangs. The bangs are a weird um, choice. Basically, I just, all the choices made with Beth. I was like, oh, these are men who've never talked to a woman ever. Like <laughs> The people on the show or the people writing her? The, the people writing her, yeah. right? Like, they've never, they've, like, talked to their moms, they talked to their moms at, like, Christmas, and are divorced. <laughs> like, they just, they've never, ever talked to a woman, or have female friends. Anyways, I just, but yeah, you her get, character you get the is flashback, just wildly upsetting. You get the flashback in the start of the third episode that, like, you know, she... She was very timid, you know, she didn't like being on a horse type of thing. And she's, and she's out with the youngest and, and the mother and the mother's just berating her the whole time, you know, like fucking let's, let's go bath bomb. <laughs> just being just a total. And what did she say? So basically what ends up happening, the mom ends up falling off the, you know, her horse ends up going over and crushing her yeah. and killing her yeah. because, because Beth kind of, because Beth kind of like ran by with her horse, like just riding poorly and like startled her yeah. mom's horse or something like that. Basically yeah. Beth is the reason for the mom dying, which is pointed no, out by the, the mom. mom. <laughs> the mom is the reason for the mom dying. But anyways, well, the mom is happy to tell Beth you did this. So yeah. <laughs> go get your, go get your father because you did this real chill. And then I, th I even thought it was going to be this moment where she, you know, she's like looking at, she's looking at her youngest, and it's like she says, "If this is the last thing I'm meant I to see. see, and you think it's going to be the sweet moment, no." Nah. What'd she say, Kate? So be it. All right. <laughs> so be it. So I mean, I have written in my notes that like I can almost feel that Taylor Sheridan or whoever else is behind this show, like they care about these characters. I think they legit like these characters, but I don't give a. F Fuck about also, this any whole, of them. Like, this indigenous or Native American like disputes about you know land and borders and 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 rules and regulations and laws. Longmire did it better. If Longmire didn't jump the shark and like I think it was like season two or three or something, I'd still be watching Longmire. Mm. It did that complicated relationship really well. I felt honestly. Um, 
watching this was like, you need to go back and finish Scalped. Right? That's what it put me in mind of. I was like, I fucking love Scalped. And I was about halfway through and I didn't finish it. I need to go back and finish that. Um, but part of me almost, and I, I don't have... I don't have the time or inclination. I know I don't, but I just, I almost watched the fourth episode today just because I just want to know if it gets self-aware at all, or does it just completely continue to tank for the next two seasons? Like, do you want to know if, 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 uh, Casey kills anyone else? <laughs> Is that maybe I'm, what you want to know? I'm assuming he does. Uh, Jesus. I'm also surprised. I thought this, I really thought this was going to be like a, like, uh, you know, Costner is Ned Stark type of thing. Like I thought he was going down by like the end of the first or second episode, but apparently he's like in for the fucking long haul. He's a producer. Like, and, and other things I'm mad about is I really want to know about ranching and I didn't learn anything. Um, I thought they were going to talk about that relationship and like how you buy a cow, like at some point or, you know, um, what are some of the issues going on with cattle and farming and on all that jazz? Nope. None of that. I don't get any of that. Like good if, it, stuff. if it can get away from its own, like sudsiness, like it can't resist going sudsy trashy. This is why I say I can't decide if it wants to be succession or empire. Like there was a moment where I don't know what it is when Costner is talking to some dude at the rodeo and they're just talking about like, what's the line? I'd love to, I'd love to go back and, meet the first person who decided, you know, they, yes. they, they, want, they want to ride a bull and Costner goes, the first one would be interesting. It's the second one. I don't want anything to do with <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like um, I worry about, I think that's what he says. It's the yeah. second one I worry about. That's a good um, line. Like it but, was a great line. And there will be those lit, just the, the quickest flashes like that. And then like, okay, you want to be a good show. But then somebody then said he, the child should smash a rattlesnake in a drain pipe. And, and Let's be mean to the middle son. That'll be fun. Which one's the middle one? West Bentley? The lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who's like, hey, like, I really, I've done a good job for this family and I'd really like to get into politics, but I'd like your blessing. And his dad's like, fuck you. I'm going to make your sister a politician right. instead. Without any explanation. Nope. He's like, oh, well, it has to be someone who doesn't want it. What? What? It doesn't even fucking make any sense. That's just, and this that's, is how we got into the situation at the White House. That's that's Costner's whole whole jam on this show is like he just drops these fucking like cowboy cones out of nowhere and then just <laughs> <laughs> like walks away. Uh, yeah. <sighs> also, Longmire has Katie Sackhoff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> There's enough there that. Even as I'm saying it, I know I don't believe it. <laughs> it's like there's enough there that I'd be curious to see. Go, you know what? I might read a Wikipedia synopsis if I can find it. Like, right? That's and legitimately what I'm going to do because, because I'm kind of like, how fucked up do things get? Because this show should be about their fall. Let's be real; it should be about their fall, but it makes them the heroes. Yeah. Like I want, I want to see them fall, but it's not going to be about that. It's going to be about how they like. You know, ooh, that conniving chief and the, you know, the subdivision builder and all that. And they're coming to take my stuff. Also, I really wanted to know more about how they got the river to redirect. River go boom. But that doesn't, it's not how you, I, no. That's enough. River go boom. Man no build. Costner happy. 
I, just, I assume that's literally what was on the whiteboard in the in the writers' room as <laughs> they were breaking the season. Like, this show is terrible. Have we thought about having River Go Boom? River Go Boom? Everyone, River Go Boom? Yeah, River Go Boom. Uh, Very upsetting. If you have a stronger appetite for this particular type of trash, because let's be real, it's trash. This is not high. This is not high art we're doing here. No. Um. I mean, it's it's on Amazon Prime all three fucking seasons. You can get into it, or you can discover that Superstore is also on Amazon Prime and watch five seasons of that, which is what I'm going to do. Almost missed the podcast, <laughs> which is what I'm going to do. So, oh, it's a six. Oh, it's like a four for me. Oh, complete complete failure. I won't give it a it failure just... because it does some things well. It just is not interested in doing those things. It does not. It does not do enough well for me mm. to be like this is a TV show. Like if it if it came on on cable, I would watch almost anything else. Caitlin would probably prefer to see like a woman do more than parade around naked. I mean, quick one liners. I would also prefer to see more than one black person. Oh my god, who's just like a random ranch hand? Yeah. That, like, I literally blurted out, "Oh my god, a black person!" Like because we had not seen one yet. Um. <sighs> Yeah. Also, Longmire has Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh like, <laughs> okay, we get it. You you ride for Longmire. We get it. Yeah. You know, there's six seasons of that show. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad loves Longmire. If you want Western vibes, I mean, you got Crave. Watch Deadwood. I never watched Deadwood. Maybe I'll watch Deadwood instead of this. <laughs> Deadwood was okay. So, that is going to do it for Yellowstone. We're going to put Yellowstone out to pasture, as it were. That's really bad. Fuck you, I make myself laugh. Um, Be ashamed of yourself. We're going to come back next week with another item that everyone is watching but us. The anime that produced the highest grossing movie in Japan, taking the spot from things like Titanic and Spirited Away and Kimi no Nawa, a.k.a. Your Name. Everyone's watching it but us, so we're going to check out Demon Slayer next week. And after pew, that, pew, 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 airport. <laughs> and then uh, we don't know the order, but we'll definitely be checking out WandaVision when it drops. And uh, I think that show that everybody's yelling at me to watch, Cobra Kai. The alternate, mm-hmm. alternate take Karate Kid show, which apparently everybody loves this year. So we're going to check those things out, and that'll round out your January. So we hope you'll hang with us, friends, if you want to offer alternate suggestions. Or you have a contrarian take on uh, Yellowstone, by all means, get at us on the Twitters at GeekdownPod. Let us know what you're thinking of those things. Thanks for hanging with us as you do every week, friends. It truly means the world to us. My name's Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us for another amazing episode of the Geekdown Podcast. There's a snake in my boot. Caitlin, we, we can have Andy McDowell be in everything in February. We will figure oh out a way. Oh my god! I will, I will make you, we can do an Andy McDowell February. I'll make you. I'll make you watch fucking Green Card. Like. <laughs> <laughs>